Okie dokie, folks. Welcome to the Roots Report podcast, presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by The Parlor, All One Entertainment, the Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, Graysale Brewing of Rhode Island, and SE Microphones. I am your host, John Fusick. Today we have drummer Roger Earl. Roger is best known for being a founding member of the band Foghat. They had hits with Slow Ride, I Just Want to Make Love to You, and Fool for the City. Earl will be performing with Foghat on Thursday, October. October 15th at the Stadium Theater in Woonsocket. Hello, John Fusek. It's me. How are you? It's Roger Earl. I, don't, I picked the phone up and you weren't there, so I don't know what happened, but we got each other now. That's So yeah. how are you doing? I heard you're a very busy guy. Not really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we're still, we do like 60 or 70 shows a year. Um, I've, got a, I've got a week or so off at the moment, but you know, I love every minute of it. Well, that's that's the good thing, because that's what you're doing it for at this point. Actually, <laughs> it's what I did it for in the first place. You know, it's, uh, it was always about playing. You know, when you become successful, it's sort of like, you know, icing on the cake and all that stuff. But I've always loved playing. I mean, I never really stopped. And, you know, actually, quick story. Um, when 1984, Lonesome Dave left. He left. He left the band and went back to England, mm-hmm. which was kind of a surprise. He didn't say anything to me. My wife at the time said, "You know, Dave's leaving." I said, "No," <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think he just had enough of touring and whatever. But you know, we stayed in contact a little bit for about a year. Then I didn't hear from him anymore. But anyway, what this, what happened was, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm living on Long Island and like the lawn fix the cars and i'm sitting around doing nothing and a promoter calls me up from boston a guy called marco hildenen uh who we did our last three shows as uh with lonesome dave with and we became friends you know we hung out had a few drinks and had a good time together and he called me up and he said would you like to play in a band and i said yeah he said it's called the new england jam band and i said sure now i hadn't played in like six or seven months really you know i had a drum kit set up in at a music room in the house but i hadn't played in a band uh my a friend of mine gets gets my drum kit out of the warehouse and we drive up to boston and fran sheehan uh, who uh, i've remained yeah yeah, uh, we've been friends forever we did the the boston's first tour tour they did with foghat and um, one of those shows yeah yeah. All right. And uh, Charlie Farron. And that was it. It was like Fran, me and Charlie. And um, the drums are being set up. And like, you know, I sort of sat at a pad for a few while, but I hadn't actually sat down on my kit in a long time. So Charlie looks at me and he says, well, you play something. And, I'll, and you know, I'll, add, uh, I'll start playing a song. And I went, cool. <laughs> and uh, that was my introduction to Charlie Farron. And uh, beautiful guy. Uh, and was just an absolute guest to work with. Anyway, we became the New England Jam Band, and we had, uh, then I met John Butcher, I think, the next day, and then that was, like, the nucleus of it. Then James Montgomery came down, who was an absolute fucking guest to play with. We had Mark Rivera on sax, so we did a bunch of dates, and I was having the time of my life with these people, probably having too much fun, actually, (laughs) from time to time. So when we got this date, 
and I've sort of stayed, stayed in touch with uh, Charlie over the years. And I've seen that he goes out and does solo things, supporting other artists. And I said to my manager, I said, can, can we get Charlie Farron? I mean, he, he lives up there. Right. So uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing Charlie again. It's been a number of years since I've seen him. So that'll be fun. Oh, so he's going to open for you folks on this? Yeah, oh, he's, yeah, he's opening for us. Yeah. I didn't um, know he's a Facebook friend of mine. I have never met him, but he's a Facebook. I remember his band Fahrenheit. Yeah. No, Char Charlie's one of the one of. The, he's just a great human being. He's funny. He's a great guitar player, great singer, and songwriter. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That oh, maybe that's uh, great because I think he just does a solo thing. So yeah, maybe just, I should yeah. call him. Well, I'm gonna have to go out and make some noise on the drums with him. I can't let him get away with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just got yeah. off the phone with Carmine a piece, and he said hi. Yeah, yeah we're good friends. Yeah, we know each me, other forever. He told me to tell you he said hi. I mean, I literally just hung Thank up you. for him when I called you. Yeah, I, uh, in fact, I had, we had dinner together for uh, a couple of months back. We were down in Florida. We had some time off, and uh, yeah, I love Carmine. He's a really good guy one of the greatest drummers out there but um we're just good friends yeah he's special he's funny too yeah yeah no i just yeah. talked to him for like 45 minutes <laughs> Yeah, and and his brother's a drummer too. Right, right. Yeah, rhythm runs in the family. It right? does. It does. Yeah. So yeah. I, I like I said, I saw uh, I saw Foghat a couple of times back in the early days in the seventies, and I think one of the times I saw you, it was called Summer Jam. Okay. It was a it was a concert with like four or five bands at the Providence Civic Center. It was Summer Jam. Uh, like, I can't remember who else was on the bill though, but it was a lot. How were we? Oh, you were great. I was a big fan. Actually, you know, one of my, my favorite albums from that time is Fool for the si from the City. And yeah. I got to tell you, that album cover is one of my favorite album covers. The guy, <laughs> the guy fishing in the manhole. That was me. That was like, that was one of my favorite album covers of all time because it was so clever. Uh, you know, that came about, actually, the Fool for the City album, other than our first, it was our fifth album, I think, um, other than our first record, all the other albums were like done in between dates or will we go into the studio for a week we said we're taking some time off tony stevens had left the band on bass and um i asked nick jameson who produced a couple of things with us and we were good friends i lived up in had a place up in woodstock and nick and i were good friends we go out and jam at local bars and uh what did we play badminton i think anyway i said can you play bass nick and he said yeah i said you want to join the band so uh he said i'll do it for like a year or so because he had some other ideas he wanted to do so we're up in where are we uh in in vermont sharon vermont on top of a mountain Called, place called Sun Treader Studios and uh, Nick knew about my passion for fishing mm -hmm. so you know I'd, I'd lay down a track and I'd hang out until I wasn't sort of being useful anymore and I'd go fishing and it was actually Nick Jameson's idea about uh, the Fall for the City uh, album cover it was early one Sunday morning I don't think we'd had much rest we go into the city down uh, in the village St Mark's Place I think it was and uh, the photographer and our manager at the time pulled out the manhole cover up and then we sort of start taking pictures and stuff and then along come a couple of New York's finest in their cruiser <laughs> and they rolled down their windows and we go oh shit <laughs> and for now they say Hey, you got a license? You got a fishing license? <laughs> they get out there, guys. Say, what the fuck are you guys doing? And when we explained to them, 
and uh, they were really cool. They uh, made sure that cars didn't fall down the manhole whilst we were taking pictures. And uh, the New York cops are really cool guys, actually. They, uh, they're more worried about sort of murderers and stuff like that than rock and rollers lifting up manhole covers to take a picture. <laughs> so actually, I, there's, uh, my, uh, my nephew is a uh, state trooper in New Jersey and uh, a couple of members of uh, Stepsons of officers as well so you know i support our cops but uh, yeah so, i mean i wouldn't want that job what are you kidding <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway things are different for us now instead of uh, people searching us it's like uh, they you know the local chief of police is probably a foghat fan and asks for autographs <laughs> Well, I mean, you get to the point where they're like, they figure that if you're still doing it at this age, you're, you're just like... Yeah, well, well, the thing is, I mean, uh, weed, which I don't smoke anymore because, you, you know, it's bad for your lungs, but I'll do an occasional cooking mm. when I've got nothing to do. Uh, but this band is all... Whenever we play, we're always sober before we play. I played with a couple of hangovers over the years, but um, playing is, uh, you know, it's fun. Mm. You know, you're in, uh, it's like, you know, with the people. I still get chills when I walk out on stage, whether it's, you know, 500 or 5,000 or 10,000 people. You know, the, when you walk out there, it's like, yeah. You know, it's um, it's a thrill. You know, it's fun. You entertain people, and they love you. And uh, but as soon as I can off the first song, I'm I'm good. But yeah, I, I still get butterflies. Well, I I mean, I, I'm a play. I'm a musician too, and I I do the same thing. It's just you yeah. Know, what do you play? I play guitar and a few other things, and uh, okay. you know, I play solo and I play with a band. But it's just you know, performing is what I like to do. I just really yeah. like performing. And I mean, I'm hoping I'm 61, and I'm you know. I'm hoping I can still do it at your age because it's all I do. Yeah. It's all I do, you know. Well, I, uh, well, I'm always, uh, you know, I've had work done on my my feet, both my hands, my left shoulder, my back. Uh, <laughs> in fact, um, in December, I'm having my left rotator cuff repaired. Oh, uh, my father. Yeah, had well, um, my right one, I, I got uh, healed by uh, using. Uh, PRP plated plated rich plasma, oh, okay. and, uh, and and it healed with that. But this one has got uh, a bunch of tears in it, and it's like I can play, but um, the doctor, I'm, I'm the surgeon I'm seeing, said, "Well, uh, if you want to play until you're how old?" I said, "Well, I'll put it out in the universe. I'm going to live to 105." But that's <laughs> <laughs> I said, "I'll probably I'll probably retire when I'm 95." He said, "Well, you need to have that repaired then." <laughs> So, so uh, uh, I've got a really good surgeon, so um, I'll have a couple of months off to, to get it done. Yeah, you have to. I mean, I, I talked to Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick a couple of months right. ago, and he had. I know Rick. Yeah, he had the same problem. He had rotator cuff surgery as well. You know, I'm going to roll till I'm old and rock till I drop. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's uh, actually we we did some shows this year with Cheap Trick. It was a lot of fun. Oh, really? In, in fact, yeah, one of the shows, um, Rick sort of is calling me out on stage, so I go up. Um, and I start singing, Mama's all right, Daddy's all right, and all that stuff. <laughs> then he hands me a pick. Now, I'm not a guitar player, so he hands me a pick whilst we're singing on the microphone, and I start playing his guitar. I mean, he's got his fingers on the fretboard, and he looks at me and shakes his head and walks away. So... <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, really good guys. Um, great band. You know, we've done tons of shows together. Actually, and ZZ Top was also on that bill. So oh, wow. I hung out. Yeah, I hung out with them for a while. Yeah, that sounds like yeah. a show. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I just got done talking to Carmine. We were talking about the music and how, you know, how it's good that bands like yours are still out there playing. And because to me, that's the best music there is. The, the, the music of like the 60s through the, you know, the the probably the turn of the sense the turn of the, the decade around 80 or so yeah Isn't the best music you know well we we like to think so <laughs> I, I think so i mean i'm you know i'm like i said i'm 61 and that's my era of music yeah. but it's just you know it seems like that's the music that's referenced now for everything i mean you're you know it gets into commercials and it's like you know there's tribute acts out there playing it and you know, and you guys are still out there playing, which is, you know, a good thing. No, no, it's great. Uh, you know, obviously we've lost a number of, uh, you know, Craig McGregor passed, what, well, it's eight years now. But he handpicked Rodney O'Quinn to play bass for us. Uh, Brian Bassett, our lead and slide guitar player, has been with us, what, 25 years now. So, uh, you know, if somebody can't play anymore or drops out, um, actually, it's, you know, you have to find somebody who wants to do it. Right. Um, it's not, you know, it's not for everybody. This traveling, you know, it, it's like it's hurry up and wait. Right. You yeah. know. Uh, in fact, um, recently, because of the the state of uh, airlines, oh, I mean, geez, that's, yeah. no, uh, it's, it's a nightmare. And, and not just the fact that they might they turn around when you get there, say, "Oh, your flight's been cancelled." We always go in the night, the day before, like for the first show. Sometimes you're doing two or three in a row. That's no fit, and we always take the first available flight so your your resting period is like kind of suspect but there we uh, what the fuck yeah, what the fuck we're gonna rest we'll uh, rest when we're dead right um so, but that that part can be a bit trying but as soon as you start playing no matter where your energy level you know how tired you are it just you know you just snap into it it's um and also you get you get feed you get fed from the audience the people are just you know we have great audiences our fans are just fantastic right well that's that's you know i know personally from doing that that it's you, you feed off the energy of the audience yeah and yeah. it's just you know it's and it's you know sometimes it's you have to really draw from it depends on what kind of audience you have i mean if you like you know i do all kinds of gigs because i play solo yeah. and i play in a band and it's, right. you really have to sometimes you have to pull it but sometimes it's given to you too and it's just you know yeah when it's given to you it's it's the it's a rush that's better than any drug to me anyway. yeah no it is it is yeah i mean i know it you know the truth is with me i know how fortunate I am to uh, be playing this long. And I always played in great bands, you know, Savoy Brown. Um, I always played with great players anyway. You know, like even when I was out of work and I joined the jam band, I mean, John Butcher, uh, Charlie Farron, you know, it's like I'm playing with this great band. You know, Mark Rivera on uh, on sax and, and Fran Sheehan's like a fantastic bass player. Yeah, you know, I, I, cool. I haven't from, talked to him in a while. From from the Boston, I mean, I used to go. Yeah. I saw Boston on their first tours. I mean, I was a big Boston fan okay. for a long time. I think yeah, that's what I, that's been, what I think that yeah. might have been. They might have been on that summer jam lineup. I can't remember. I should. Yeah, that that's when I, that's when I met Fran, and we became friends. We like to eat, and we like to drink. <laughs> so. 
in fact, you know, yeah, I mean, it was cool people, when I joined the, yeah, the jam you guys band. Know each, you guys know each yeah. other because you played so many shows. I mean, people back then, yeah. they played shows together, used to hang out together. Right. Used to, used to party together, stay at the same hotel. Uh, right, right. <laughs> and nowadays, it's like people live in their insular little bubbles with their, their own little groups of people, and nobody jams with each other anymore. Their, so, their stage shows are so structured and have video well, having it structured i mean uh, i'm what i'm 76 now so i have a set list and like you know we change it occasionally we have you know one hour set it's hour and a half set list around 50 and like but like we keep some enough room for movement and to have fun in the band uh the band the band is terrific you'll you'll be there hopefully yeah i'm gonna but be the, there definitely you know, we we have fun it's like, um, yeah, like I said before, I know how fortunate I am to be doing this and earning a decent living. So uh, I enjoy it. I love every minute of it. Well, that's, I mean, really, it's what counts because, you know, people who aren't musicians don't understand, like, the whole thing because it's like, it's, it's who we are. It's not necessarily what we do. It's who we are. Yeah, well, it, and also music, I think, is like um, often defines uh, like a period for people that, you know, are into music. It defines a period in their life, you know, growing up, a girlfriend or, or maybe even something that's not so happy. But uh, it, it's, you know, it, it defines, I think, people's lives. I remember songs that like were, were like um, LaGrange, Easy Top. Right, right. I, I think it's one of the greatest fucking boogie tunes that's ever been recorded right, right. and Lance and Dave and I were down in New Orleans we were hanging out just me and him like we're going to clubs having a few drinks and it came on I think it was a place called the dungeon and like Dave and I are laughing I mean I, Dave and I didn't dance with each other but we sort of saw a couple of people and gave them a nudge and started dancing I mean how can you not dance to that too right, I mean right. it's like it's uh it's easy tops I mean they made some incredible music well you know what's funny is that I, I mean I'm going back to my teenage days I think I was probably 14 or 15 when uh Fool for the City came out and okay the girl across the street who lived across the street we used to hang around at their house all the time and I remember she used to want to do the bump and dance all the time. So she would put on, Ooh. there was a song on Full for the City. I can't remember what song it was, but there was one that had a really driving beat that she liked to do the bump to. And she would put that on repeatedly. And her and I would be doing the bump to that song for like an hour. Like, Did that beat drive, drive me home? Probably. It was a really fast song. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was just like, and that's that. That brings me back to my teenage days. Is that album brings me back because we used to listen to that album a lot, and that's where our that's where our home base for like the kids in the neighborhood, like the bunch of us would hang around at her house and we'd sit there and listen to albums and stuff. And you know, we were. Do you, do you remember her name? Yeah, I do. She actually has died. She died last oh, year. Oh, I'm oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was sad. Yeah. But, you know, you quit smoking. She smoked a lot, so which was unfortunate. Yeah, I quit a long time ago. That's a good was, thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is it? What do they say about grief? It's the price you pay for love, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, you must be, I, I mean, a, a po a, aside from the $6 million man upgrades you had, I mean, you, you must be in pretty good shape because drummers generally, I mean, you guys, I mean, I know how hard I work as a, as a, as a guitar player playing, but I mean, I know drummers, it's a very physical, physical, uh, instrument. Yeah, yeah well, I've been, yeah, yeah, it is. And you do have, I do have to say, if, if, well, I've got, I've got my practice. I was watching, I'm, a, I'm an Arsenal fan, a soccer player, football. 
Uh-huh. And I was watching a special on TV and I'm sitting here with my pet playing. And yeah, I, I, I ran up until about 20, 20 odd years ago. <clears throat> I ran every day, just about. I'd stop the bus when we were on the road and say, I have to run for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the knees said, you know, sorry, I try to keep in. It's important, but I need to be able to play a certain way. I need to have a certain ability. I, I need to, my feet need to work a certain way. My hands have to work. So, you know, if you're not, if you can't play the way you want, that it's no fun. Talk to any any drummer, and they love just banging shit, kicking mm-hmm. stuff, or just sitting there like any any drummers I've ever met. They they love what they do. It's like that's it, you know. And it also drummers. I don't. Well, you're a guitar player, but I can I can talk about drummers. We love to share stuff with each other. Yes, they do. You know, I have a drummer in know. my band. My the drummer in my band is. I think he's going to be seventy this year. So okay, he's a. Uh, but he's he's been playing. I mean, he actually for he used to play a lot in a, a band in the seventies, and he he's, he actually used to do opening sets, opening for like Bonnie Ray, and he actually did. Jam- oh, really? Yeah, he jammed with Lowell George once too. So that was wow. Cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of my favorite bands. Yeah, he did a little, couple of little gigs with them. Yeah, he did some gigs with them back in the early days. Yeah, I've, I've seen him a number of times. In I fact, just we saw did them a, last week or two weeks ago. They're great, aren't they? Yeah, they, mean, were, they, they were amazing. Bill Bill Payne is still playing great piano. Yeah. Um, uh, the new guitar player is to well, he's not new. He's been with them for ages. I've, I've met him before. He used to work with Greg Orman. I hung out with him for a while. We did a um, we did a cruise together, so I got a chance to hang out with him. I, I saw the original band as well. But they play great. Their music is great. Oh, yeah. That's what it's all about. It's all about the music. Right, and right. Uh, I'm also good friends with their front of house sound engineer. In fact, we we would have had him, but um, they pay him more money. <laughs> uh, now, uh, no, I've been friends with him as well. Um, great band, great music. Um, in fact, I stayed. We did a, a lot of some rock and roll cruise with them. And it was really cool like, to just go back and talk to them and tell stories. Mm. I've worked with them a couple of times because I, I work at festivals too. Like I okay, and uh, they just and I was working with them and like I've worked with them I don't know three times over the past few years and their road I mean their their crew I mean they have got to have the most professional stage crew and road management and like tour manager I've, I've dealt with because they're they're all work with. yeah. Yeah. Well, um, the crew's important. You don't have a good crew. You don't have a great sound engineer, then you're in deep shit. Right. But right. Uh, no, all, uh, uh, our crew, are, you know, I'm friends with them. Right. You know, um, we just, we're actually, we, an old friend of mine is just helping us out with, we have a new guitar tech because our last one couldn't do it anymore. He's a guitar player, but, you know, my drum tech also plays uh, percussion and stuff. Actually, he's a really good drummer, but um, my other drum tech, left to play with uh, sticks because they quadrupled his salary. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, don't get me wrong. It's, it sounds like I don't, we don't pay people, but we no, do the I, best we can. Yeah. But uh, sticks, um, and he was fantastic, but, uh, you know, he gave me plenty of notice. And, um, and then I had another friend who actually came from Massachusetts and I called him up and I said, uh, you, you want to, be my drum check and he said sure but he had he had a gig and he said well I, I can't just leave i have to give these folks like a month's notice he was with another band so i said okay you know he gets up and plays uh, percussion with us and uh, sometimes he joins me on stage for the end of so right now we're a band 
you, you have to be able to live together and, 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 you know, give each other, you know, space and respect each other as well. Right, right. Because, you know, when you're on the road, uh, I'll give you an example. I mean, we had a last couple of shows we did. We were playing in Rio Doso, New Mexico. And then the following day, we were in Oklahoma City, both big festivals. We couldn't get flights. And the flights that would come up, there was no guarantee. There was stupid money, like $2,000 a piece. Jeez, like there's, what, there's eight of us like traveling, so that's uh, $15,000 in flight. So, well, uh, what do you think about driving? Sure, we'll drive. 533 miles. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the real problem was like getting from Rio Doso to Oklahoma. We couldn't get one of the earliest flights. There wasn't anywhere to go. We had to go to somewhere else. Uh, I think it was like halfway back across the country. Huh. And and then we would have got into Oklahoma like five or six in the evening, in the afternoon. It's crazy. So we said, we'll drive. Mm. You know, we rented a couple of vans and drove. I don't really want to do that on a regular basis. No, it's tough. <laughs> I mean, we, we did a gig out in Wisconsin once and uh, that was, oh, I was like an 1,800-mile two-day drive we did and it was yeah. tough. Yeah. Uh, sometimes if we're um, I, and I don't like traveling on a bus uh, well I, it, buses are fine but what happens when you have a bus you have to pay the driver right. and then you have to take all these crappy gigs in the middle of the week because we do uh, what you know two or three shows a week and then we'd have to you know diesel fuel is uh, oh, through like the roof six bucks a gallon now so i don't envy new beds no i don't no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, especially yeah. some of them they have too they have way too much stuff too yeah, right right yeah they have the whole i mean that's the thing is the thing about your band and bands of your era is that it, it was about the music the probably the most yeah. you had was some fog you know <laughs> <laughs> right actually i think we had some pyrotechnics at one point and then we gave up on that yeah some fog yeah but it's, uh, that, know, that was for the, it was the lighting guy it was simple you have big video screens and platforms yeah. and like you know hydraulics and <laughs> i mean like that stuff gets crazy after a while i, I would think so uh yeah we have a backdrop we have a couple of different backdrops or we, you know, shine it up. That, that's about it. Yeah. Um, well, it's about we the music. The, it's really yeah, we the use, music. Yeah, we use the lighting guy that's there. We figure they, they should know what they're doing. Right. Give them a set list so if they have any idea. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's it's about playing. It's always about the music. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. It, you're playing at the stadium theater in Woonsocket. Right, up and right. That's a very cool place. I like that place. It's a it's a very it's a thousand seat venue, I think, or eleven hundred seats or something. It's a very, perfect. It's a very cool space. It's a it's a good place for a show like that. I'm looking forward to that one. And uh, so, so I might um, played that area in some time. I don't remember the last time we were there. Yeah, I don't remember you you folks being around for a while. I was surprised no. when I saw that. I didn't even know that you folks were still touring. Honestly. Uh, yeah, like I said, we do about sixty or seventy shows. Well, we stopped obviously the the COVID nightmare, and, you know, ruined it for everybody. But yep, it did. <laughs> actually, on my end of that, I, I hate saying it, but no, I don't hate saying it. I'm home. I got to eat the vegetables I'm growing in the garden. Uh, I live on Long Island Sound, so I get to go fishing. You know, catch bluefish and striped bass. It's like, and I I had a year and a half, nearly two years off. Like the only trouble was, you know, I couldn't see the kids because their their mother was. Uh, 
compromised. Right. But um, I had it was great for me. I had my drum set up in my drum shed, and I could play. I could fish, and I don't think I've had a vacation since I was twelve. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was good to get back out on the road and hang out with everybody. I kept in touch with everybody. I did a couple of interesting things, like long distance, like recordings and working with other people. I said, look, just send me a click track, and I'll play along. So that was uh, that was kind of new but um it was pretty weird wasn't it and well, I, yeah, I, must... I think a lot of people have, were doing that i think that kind of upped the whole ante on the the remote digital recording things because i think that yeah. a lot of people did that they just were sent tracks all over the place and you know yeah. nobody was in the same studio anymore so right now i'm a bit of a luddite so i had to it had to be explained to me how to do it <laughs> but um i also surround myself with bright people so it worked <laughs> yeah well i'm kind of in that luddite category too i'm very stubborn <laughs> like I just had to pick up my truck from being fixed, and it's got some severe rot to it. So, oh, dear. Yeah, and it's kind of unfixable. So, yeah, it's a 20-year-old truck, but mm. I'm going to have to, uh, you know, I'm going to have to look for a new truck. Besides the outrageous, you know, prices of used used vehicles. But the problem right. is my truck is a five-speed with, with nothing. It has roll-up windows, and it's a five-speed. <laughs> And it's like, okay. I won't be able to find anything like that now. Everything is... You know... Stir the stick. Stir the stick, right? right. Well, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I grew up like with manual steering, four speeds and five speeds. Um, you know, when I grew up in England, I mean, that's first time I, kept, I drove uh, a car with power steering and power brakes was over here. Right. Um, yeah, Chrysler something Imperial or Chrysler oh, yeah, something. Chrysler, that sounds right. Uh, uh, like in the 60s, you know, nearly sent everybody through the windscreen when I touched the brakes or that <laughs> sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah I've, I've actually, I've always been a car fiend ever since I was a kid. So I grew up uh, loving cars and everything about them. Actually, after 19... After 1970, I wouldn't really know what to do with chips, etc. 1960, 67, 68, 69, I can fix them and do fix the carbs and know what I'm doing, kinda. But uh, now, no, it's all chips. Yeah, you have to be chips. a computer technician now to work on stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. I don't really like that. I'm old school, and you know. well, same here. But but the truth is, the quality of cars has improved vastly and you're talking about rust uh all the new cars have really you know super light rust uh, prevention stuff underneath there are certain things that have improved but what the fuck we're old right <laughs> <laughs> i just the the, the the whole idea of having to look for something again is just a pain in the ass uh, yeah well good luck with that um <laughs> what it what it uh, well i guess uh, a five, you might be able to find something. Yeah, I don't know. I got. I think I might get a van this time, some sign of a smaller van. I, I mean, I've had a pickup truck, and I use that to haul my gear around and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it has a cap. Van, but... Vans are useful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. If you it's... get thrown out of your house, you put a bed in the back and you're set. <laughs> 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 like the Saturday night thing day. I live in a river. I live in a van down by the river. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Well, I should probably let you go, and uh, I really appreciate talking to you. It's been an honor speaking with you, and uh, I look forward to seeing you on uh, the 15th at the stadium. Yeah. 
I'll see you there. All right. Good talking to you, John. Good talking to you as well. Thank you. Okie dokie. Thanks to Roger Earl for being part of this episode of the Roots Report podcast. Foghat will be at the Stadium Theater in Woonsocket on October 15th. For more info, ride, ride, ride over to stadiumtheater.com. The Roots Report podcast is presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by The Parlor, Arwen Entertainment, The Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, Ray Sale Brewing of Rhode Island, and SE Microphones. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.